Sus Beloved Tate for Business Lunch with Lindy. And this program brought to you courtesy of Venture Workspace at the Sanctuary in Somerset West. Your local co-working office space offering hot desking, virtual offices, meeting rooms and fully serviced offices. Venture Workspace helps your business grow with the flexibility and affordability you need. Always on internet access and reception support allows you to communicate your business matters effectively and efficiently. For more information, contact 021035 or visit www.ventureworkspace.co.za in Lindy is in die atelier, Lindy gaan het goed? Uitstekend, dit gaan rare goed, yes, Wonderlijk. het jy gesien hoe mooi dag is er al buiten, maar nou sit jy in hierdie hockey. Dis nou die ding. Dis nou ba- die ding. Ba, denk jy, moet ek eindelijk sit? Luister, luister, um, David die voor op die strand, Precies. en um, die vliegtuig is al oor, jy sien, so, jy, jy kan maar onverantwoordelik ook wees. Jy kan maar een glaasie wijn ook samengevat. Ek vermoed so, nee, well, maar daar is praat aan oor wijn vandag. Precies, dis nou wat ek vir jou sê, gelukkig het ons een man hier wat wijne ken, Pieter Walser, de uh, blank bottle winery Einar daar, Pieter, baie welkom. Baie dankie. Lekker om jou hier te heen, maar Lindy gaan vir jou allerhande moeilike vraag vraag waarvan jy al die antwoorde ken. Pieter, um, Chrissy, and you know, I'm so excited about this interview. Um, briefly looking, I mean, he just showed me some of his, his amazing work. Um, Pieter, thank you for coming. I'm so excited to chat to you, really I am. Baie dankie, jy my genooid. Ja, so die eienaar van the Blank Bottle Winery, and I mean, just the name is intriguing. So, (laughs) where did it start? How did it start? Um, Can't wait to hear. Okay, so um, I was in school at uh, Hendrik Lowe in the Strand. Mm. So I was, um, and then one of the kids in my class, he, Jakub van der Merwe, he said to me uh, when we went to high school, he said he's going to Landpost School, Boerland. So I asked him what it was all about. He said, no, he's like, uh, he's gonna, um, he's, you, you study on a farm. So I said, okay, I'm going to come with. That sounds um, like fun. That sounds like fun. So I went to Boerland Landpo, um, finished school. Didn't do well in school, so I got all D's, all standard grades, so I couldn't go to university, so I sort of went with all the other guys to Elsenburg um, Agricultural um, College, studied vegetables and fruit and stuff like that, nothing My to do word. with wine. <laughs> um, obviously got introduced with wine, which I love to drink, drank mm. a lot of Tussenberg, which <laughs> made a big impact in my we life. We start there, don't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, um, yes, and, and, um, and then finished, and then I spent basically four years after um, Elsenburg Traveling, didn't have a, never had a permanent job in my life. So I spent uh, four years like overseas and wherever. And I, I traveled through Europe quite a bit at that stage. And then I drank a lot of wines and I drank uh, when I was there, I always preferred drinking wine and I, I drank Italian wines and, um, uh, French wines and all over Europe, which uh, uh, everyone was so much different and there was so much behind these wines and I enjoyed it. And then I think in that time being away from home, you kind of, remember the vineyards and the nice places in South Africa <laughs> and I and, and then I thought oh, maybe wine is something I could do so I ended up in a wine farm in, in Alsace in, um, in in France worked in the vineyards I loved it thought okay cool um, I always always wanted to have a, like kind of a rough job in my life and um, and vineyard work was rough but then I ended up in the winery in Harvest and then we produced these products that we sold to the very fancy people from Paris and then I realized that goodness this is is a rough job but you sell to the fancy people of the world mm. and I enjoyed that mm. so um, yeah so then I worked in America a bit and then in America I had this dream that I'm going to Stanimosh University to study wine 
and I applied for it and uh, with all my D's and standard grade <laughs> matric results. But I wrote a covering letter of um, that I'm an older person, I like wine, I worked all over the world and I want to now, I'm dedicated, please accept me. So they, they, they gave me a chance. So I went <gasps> By to the you. grace of God, imagine <laughs> some voice out there reading your story. Um, it actually, Incredible. Uh, it turned out not to be the story because after my first year, when I renewed my studies for my second year, the lady at the admin building said to me, oh, you're an older student. I said, yes, I'm an older student and I've done all these work overseas. And, and the guys accepted me because of all my experience and my cover letter. I told the whole story. She said, oh, but that's actually wrong. Um, there's a rule from the university that you, if you're over 25 when you apply, they don't look at your school marks anymore. They have to give you, they have to accept you. So <laughs> I got, oh my they didn't even read my letter. They, they got, I got in because of my age. So uh, long story short, I ran out of money in my third year and I started buying and selling um, unlabeled wine. First wine I bought was from the winery Kanu. They still, they Stellenbosch. I bought one, sorry, three boxes. I spent the last money I had um, on three boxes of wine. Uh, unlabeled wine, 25 rand 50 a bottle. And I sold it, uh, the first three boxes to my brother-in-law and he bought it for double the price. Uh, <laughs> or the guy that's now my brother-in-law. He wasn't my brother-in-law. He was then. your angel investor, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I went to buy, I went back and I bought six boxes of wine. I sold it to him also for double the price. Oh, wow. And then he started telling his friends. And I, I think I sold like 4,600 bottles of wine in six weeks. Wow. And then, and but everything was unlabeled with no traceability on. And then I started buying more wines like that, buying and selling and stuff like that. So that uh, I had that kind of side thing running. And um, in my final year, I I have to do practical, four month practical for for a winery. So I told my my lecturer, listen, I've done a bit of work in the past. Can't I just start my own winery? Because the thing was that I realized that winemaking is fun. You produce it's very creative because you produce something that's that that it's totally didn't exist yeah and and but then I, f I realized that i want to be free in life and if you want to be free you got to work for yourself so then i realized that i need to start the business so um, i went to my lecturer and said listen i want to start my own business and then uh, he said that's fine you can use your four-month practical and just try your own thing so my friend uh francois Anacom here from from somerset west i know francois Anacom from oh, the farm yeah yes we trained these farm laborers a while ago lovely person okay so me and him was roommates at um, oh my goodness at at um uh, uh school okay for five years yeah so so we i went to france and said listen you live on a farm let's let's start making wine in your garage so we pulled out these cars from the garage <laughs> we put in a little floor it was a single garage uh, I bought small equipment like small tanks and presses and stuff. Um, then there was a guy that had a f that's got a farm right next to it was then called Delrist, uh, Martin Van Bieningen. Um and we went to Martin and said, "Listen, I want to buy grapes because I didn't my parents didn't have a farm." So there was a blo small block of Sauvignon Blanc, and I bought a ton of grapes. And me and Francis started making wine in his garage. We made Shiraz, we made uh, like lots of stuff in his garage, small scale winemaking. And and then at the end of my final year, 
um, I also bottled these wines and I saw I, I bottle everything as unlabeled wine so um, no traceability on the bottles which turned out to be a problem later in my life but <laughs> sold everything so I was kept on selling wines with no labels and and that's how blank bottle winery got birthed it's an incredible story still no Peter. label still no label <laughs> no he's got beautiful labels so anyone out there listening to us please jump onto his website blank bottle right and you can follow the interview because what leads from here, Christy, is the most amazing, unique, beautiful story. I can't wait. Can't wait to hear after this on Helderberg FM. Also, bezig met your daily date with Christy and uh, work for Lindy in the Atelier Business Lunch with Lindy. So, some of the daily date with Christy. Peter uh, Walser, the Blank Bottle Winery, is here, Samadar, and he is a man, but. Weine verkoop het, wat jy nie moet luister hoe hy dit gedoen het nie. Maar Lindy, gaan aan, ek kan nie wacht nie. You you were telling us a story and then we broke, just where, broke for an ad when you you were just about to say and tell us how you actually ended up having black bottle winery. So what was that story? Um, You at the final end of your fourth year now having this amazing business and then what happened? So I was about a year after university, um, making my own wines, buying and selling wine with no label to fund the and whole thing. And it's lekker, you're making money. Yes, and I sold all the wine with no labels on. So then basically the police closed me down. <laughs> they, um, they took everything I had. They basically, I had a big store that I rented space in and the, the, the managing director phoned me and said, listen, what's going on? The whole place is full of police. And basically, long story short, they closed me down. They took everything I had because there was three problems. I didn't have a liquor license. Um, there's a, a tax called uh, the excise duty, like oxane's belasting, mm. which I, which for every liter of wine you produce, you got to pay tax. Didn't do that. And then I also sold wine with no traceability, which is against the law. So they took everything. I first had to like sort out my license, pay all my fines, taxes, all of that. And then the last thing that I had to do to uh, get my wine back is show them a label for my wine. And a lady came to me that week and she asked me she wants to buy wine but she doesn't drink any Shiraz. I poured her Shiraz, she loved it, she bought a couple of bottles. So then I realized that people judge wines by looking at the variety on the label. True, eh? And that's, that's unfair towards a vineyard to judge it like that. So I thought, okay, I want people to judge the wines by taste. So I called the wines blank bottle. No varieties ever on a bottle. So you, every, every wine's got a great story. Like all wines in the world's got a great story. But twin- and just on that, um, I looked at your website and I mean you showed it to me uh, uh, open the vintage year to, uh, to, uh, 2020 2022 and it's and it's things like my koffer or family moord or die brug and this is literally what's on the wine it's quite amazing do you want to just take one of those examples and and just briefly tell the story and so so your thing is about a blank bottle winery but here you are you have these amazing wines with these beautiful labels which you design yourself and you're telling stories about what where the wine comes from what what is the story every wine is different so sometimes it's about the site where the vineyard grows a lot of the times it's about that about this because it takes three years to make a wine and we buy from 70 different vineyards at the moment that's literally located from Sierras in the mountain up the west coast Pekinierskloof all the way to Wooster Robertson 
Cape Agalas and everything oh, wow. in between. So all these places has got very unique stories and people involved. So a lot of these stories about the vineyard itself, um, but then also something personal stuff that happened, like I mean, familiar, yeah, like familiar. <laughs> the police thought I killed my son, and for three <laughs> days they were looking for me, uh, and it happened here in Brandstraat in the Strand. Oh, so so things like that. That was like, and then I, I on that one I've got the Cape August big article that the they wrote about the mystery of the boy in the sandpit so that is a personal story that happened in that time and it's connected to something that happened in the winery as well and that's why it's got that label and it's been like so that one we've been making for 10 years so let me understand so you travel the western cape from from all corners you you pick vineyards that you're in that for reasons that make sense to you you make the wine and then you you label it something personal and you make x amount of bottles and when it's done it's done never to be repeated again right is that is that no. the story no Not. so 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 back in the day it started out like that so i did i never worked for a south african winemaker so i basically had to do find out what i liked and and, and what is really good so i didn't know what the good vineyard looked like so i just started making wine for whatever i could find and um and that was now that's 20 years ago and then I made a wine and then I didn't make it the next year I would find a better vineyard or something that's more intriguing and that went on for quite a number of years I think up until the first wine that I that I made in 2007 moment of silence that was the first one that I really fell in love with the wine itself and that wine I've been making since then every year okay. and 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 as time went on I found these vineyards that was just too good to leave so we know vineyard like for instance Korpat Kaaptu when that wine started in 2012 um, that's connected to one Fernau Perez vineyard in the Swatland and that wine I will make every year so at the moment we make 40 to 50 different wines in a year so it's a big range they're all small production stuff maybe a thousand bottles two thousand bottles depending on the the size of the vineyard the whatever dictates that amount and um, and yeah we make we've got a, a kind of a fixed range nowadays we always have experiments going but kind of a fixed range i am so inspired you know what um christy um how come the best things in life is not always that obvious like blank bottle winery well i don't know (laughs) (laughs) because it was eastern i know i know but but i must say peter yellow is here in the general j who come to you my court pad glass to genoem is that the name of the wine? Yes, General Jai. Okay. I, I was going to say, I think I've got the, the worst business model in the wine industry. Um, nobody wants to do what I do. We make <laughs> we make a lot of, diff- we make 50 different wines or 40, whatever we make. Every, it, every year. Every year. It's extremely complicated. It's a big system. It's a lot of work. Um, and so what we do is we do what we love doing. Is, is having fun and making and keeping our lives interesting but it's super complicated and nobody else wants to do that most people want to make five different wines and stick to that 
Yeah. Okay. I'm well, um, but I think, Christy, it's refreshing. It's fabulous. It's fun. It's like opening a box and can't <laughs> Pandora's. get so excited about what Peter has now launched again. Can you wait to hear what he's going Absolutely. This is a business lunch with Lindy. So, last session, sales with Peter uh, Walser, the blank bottle winery. Lindy. Peter, um, you mentioned the fact that you make over 50 labels a year and the complexity and the scale as a business owner how do you keep all of this together and not lose lose your mind like completely yeah i mean it all boils down to people you your your team is everything so i've got a very strong team we work with great farmers over the years 20 years we've managed to find relationships important right absolutely i've got two guys in the vineyard that that's uh, some of the well two of the best viticulturists in south africa that consult for me on a so each guy takes control over a certain area and advise the farmers on what to do to farm these vineyards better so that makes a huge impact on our quality quality of course yeah and then and then the, the 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 team in the cellar is super strong. We've got like two sections. On the one side, I've got a guy called Zander. He takes care of the wet cellar. And then uh, on the other side, we've got um, Jonathan that takes in charge of the dry cellar mm. where they pack pack um, the wines mm. and send it out. And yes, and then we've got people under them. It's a wild, the, well-oiled machine. It is what it yes. is, right? Yes. So, Peter, um, another question. Um, we touch on relationships being important. Do you have a sense that your business is growing? Um, you know, people following you, wanting to buy only from you. What's your sense of where your business have, have been going? Now, wine is a weird thing. Wine is like people don't want to drink only one thing. So uh, so beer, yes, people drink castle, they drink castle. But wine, the whole thing about wine is you want to drink something different every night. So with the wine industry, my, my friend, the more wine he sells, the more wine I sell. So we are not direct competition to each other, especially with the price where we are at. So, um, yeah. I don't know if I'm asking you, Chris, but the wine you industry are. is is like a team, okay. and, and all the young people, or the young and it's people. an abundance here. Hey, I mean, there's more and enough for everyone. I think that's what I'm picking up from what you're saying. Yes, I think there's there's space for everybody in a mar- any kind of market, um, and yeah, it's it's yeah. I actually don't know why people follow us. Uh, <laughs> we we actually started stopped growing now, so we've been growing for 20 years in terms of production, and we realized that that's it. We want to stay. We make 200 tons. 40, 50 different wines. That and is that's, enough. That's, that's a business at scale. And that's what you want to do. And you want to keep doing it at a certain level, telling your story, right? Yeah. And we want to focus for the next 30 years, focus on quality and just try and make these wines even better. Mm. So, Peter, um, uh, why do this? I mean, uh, you know, uh, the, the question is, what do you love most about, I don't think it's a job. I think, you know, just, I don't know, living your life, making the most amazing wine. What's the story? Why do you love doing this? I think it's fun. Um, to, to make wine for me as a person um, it's it you get to meet a lot of different people you spend your time in different environments out there in um, the open in the most beautiful place in the world absolutely um, and um, and then so you can choose you can be out in the vineyards you can be in the winery uh, we get to travel the world so I export to 21 different countries so I can I can travel anywhere in the world I've got 
a place to stay. I know people. Um, so what a life! You so see, th- I missed the class somewhere. I'm, I'm also gonna, in the wrong I'm business. I'm going to do it all over again. The wrong oh, business list. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, um, you know, listening to you, I think you were born for this. Um, you're passionate about it. Um, but what is the difference that you make in people's lives? I mean, how many? People, do you make a difference to? Well, first of all, I, I think I'm in the business of de-stressing people. Um, so I'm oh, the that's guy, true. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I honestly believe that if you arrive back from work in an evening, uh, to drink a glass of wine relaxes you. My wife, I mean, if I don't give her a glass of wine, she's not going to stop. So <laughs> so that's the way our household works. And it's a, it's a way of life for us. And that's the, the biggest impact, I think, that on a daily basis I've got in people's lives and or we as a team spreading uh, joy and putting a smile on people's faces yeah. I must say I must congratulate you on your amazing designing talent not not you just I believe make great wine I'm going to buy some wine immediately but certainly the creativity do you, do you like being creative because these labels are amazing and I believe you design them yourself yeah, I think creativity came because we had no option um, to have a label design is expensive. So we had to make a plan. And I think it's always driven. I think I'm not, I don't think my, as myself to be a creative person. It's just the practicality of starting a business with no investor. You have to do yeah, something. Give it a plan, a plan. Yeah, and <laughs> so we, we can do it. And, and um, so it was more driven from that. And it turned out to be something that looks creative. I don't know if it is. But um, but it was born from uh, necessity, str- the struggle. Yeah, and the struggle, and and how beautiful your labels are. So I've got two questions, Christy. Um, last the last question, just where do we get your wine? What's the easiest way to buy from you? But before I get there, um, what gives you hope, Peter? I mean, you know, what what keeps you going? I mean, you, you just said the Burmaka plan. Um, I, I, like in the recent World Cup when we played the the, the English, I, I um, or the the UK, and and then I, I realized when I looked at the, the the coaches, like if you show the English coaches, they were all sitting like very next to each very other in the box, and they didn't serious. say a word. <laughs> and then if you show the South African coaches, they <laughs> there was nobody in the booth at stages, and then there was one guy, and then Rassi was running around the thing, and he was like he, he was he was a boor making a plan. plan. Yeah, he was, yeah. he was, they were in Shouting trouble. Shouting instructions yeah. and getting the job done. And it's, that's, it, that's, the, that's the nature of South Africans. Suddenly, oh, the load shedding schedule changed. Yeah. What are we going to do now? Borrow a generator, do this, do that. Yeah. We're good at making a plan. And, and I think that's, that's... That gives you hope, eh? Yeah, I love that. South Africans are like that. And that's what that's what, why I'll never go anywhere else than South Africa. And that's why South Africans, if we travel the world selling wine, um, I don't want to sound uh, vintage but we we are very popular and very um, good and sold and our, often and our wines are really really good on an international stage wow uh, and and South Africa is at the moment the most exciting um, new world wine producing country in the world oh wow hands that down. in itself is such an amazing thing to know Peter where do we buy these amazing wines uh, it's it's we, we own a farm here in, in Summers of the West we, we kind of hide because otherwise we get too many visitors <laughs> We're a small small winery. Don't have a tasting facility. So the best is to email my wife, Anine, um, A-N-E-E-N, at blankbottle.co.za. She handles all the private customers. So she, her passion in life is to chat with people via email. That's her okay, thing. Okay, well, there And she knows where everybody lives, who, where they go on holiday, um, how many children they have. Um, <laughs> she, even, she, even, she even Google 
she goes on Google Earth and see what the where the guys live when they give oh the delivery details. Goodness. So so she's the person to get in contact with and she will make sure she'll tell you what we have, interesting things, new ones, something that's maybe older vintages. So get into contact with her, Anine at blankbottle.co.za. It's A N E E N. Well, that's what I'm going to do immediately hereafter. Peter, you've brightened my day. Um, my belief in wine has been restored. In fact, I'm never going to end drinking wine. I'm sorry to say. I can find beer out of the wine today. Well, there you go. You but I must end for now 500 bottles. How many bottles are there? Must I eat one of them? I can't see them on the menu. Peter, it's been an absolute a thrill, and we've literally left the last for best or best for last, Usela. Yeah. Because I'm after this taking a bit of a break i'll see you back in january christine yeah next week we're going to chat to fiona as that's well that's it yeah uh, that was so a pre-recording, pre-recording right and then uh, yeah then it's holiday time yeah. thanks peter it was lovely peter yeah bye thank you and start thank you okay then the bye thank you and lekker vakantie bye bye thank you yeah i'm going to drink this is what i'm